0: Welcome everyone to Masters of the Matrix. Today I am interviewing Vicky dello Joyo, who is an inspirational speaker, performer, director, coach, and master teacher. She is the author and founder of the Way of Joy, a spiritual fitness program. She's been inducted into the Women's Martial Artists Hall of Fame for her over 40 years of teaching Qi Gong and Qi practice. Welcome, Vicki. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I know I always kind of mess it up. How do you pronounce Qi, or is it Qi, or can you say it both ways?
1: Qi is the Japanese version, Chi is the Chinese version. So Qi Gong is, is, is a Chinese Chinese, well, it's got many origins, but mostly Chinese.
0: Perfect. So yeah. I can say it both ways and not mess up.
1: Absolutely. You're good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I
0: really got, I, I really attracted me to you right away was the fact that I do practice a little bit myself and I am a consider myself an amateur. And so I practice the microcosmic orbit. Yes. And if my listeners don't know what that is, it's basically your body inside of you is this energetic channel that goes from the front of your body to the behind your body and around sort of like the solar system orbit. And so I practice that with my meditation every morning, but to have someone of her caliber here to sort of kind of talk about it more in depth, what's the, what's the purpose of it? How can it help us all is just truly inspiring and, and an honor to have her here. So my first question for Vicky then is how did you find your way to Qigong, or how did it, how did it find its way to you?
1: Oh, well, I, I start thank you so much for that question. And, um, and also, I'm excited to hear that you practice microcosmic orbit every day. I think that's a wonderful meditative practice that's very effective. Um, I, I found my way to Qigong really uh, as a kid when I started studying Tai Chi Chuan, which is basically one kind of Qigong. Qigong is one of those words that's like a... Uh, it's an it's a umbrella term. So if I say, oh, I teach dance or I, I am a dancer. Well, what kind of dance? Is it Alvin Ailey? Is it ballet? Is it tap? Is it modern? Um, that then, you know, so this in the same way, Qigong has a lot of branches underneath it. it. It's a word that came up in the 40s or 50s. There's a little bit of debate about when um, that sort of just to encompass this concept of working with your movement, directing your breath and your intention and bringing those together, whether it's internal Qigong, like microcosmic orbit, which is a meditation or external Qigong, which includes movement along with the meditation and breath. Um, and for me, so as I started, when I was a kid doing Tai Chi Chuan, uh, just because <laughs> I was actually in a theater school and they had this old, a tai chi teacher come in to work with tai chi for actors, and I'd never heard of it before. But as soon as I started doing it, it felt like I had come home. I don't know how else to say it. It was just like I kind of remember this, even though it was fairly intricate and there's a lot of very specialized movement in it. Um, it just felt really familiar. So I continued to study uh, after that. That theater program had ended, I continued to then dive in. Uh, I went for a little while into some of the more hard fighting arts. Um, And ended up winding my way back to Qigong, uh, which is a story in itself, which I'm happy to tell you. But but basically uh, I so I started really when I was about 16, 17 years old, 17 years old. um, And I've been doing it ever since. So it's 50 years now. Wow. Over 50 years now. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. So we definitely have a master among us here. And so, you know, For someone that is like me, and, you know, I I feel there's so many different spiritual practices out there. You know, you said, you mentioned Tai Chi was sort of your connection to it. And then, you know, I think there's probably some overlapping features that, and then there's a fighting style as well. So how could the average person um, sort of, you know, approach Qigong and say, okay, how can I start this? And like, I put this into a practical sense into my life. Can we just be at our desks, for example, at home, at work or in our car and do a little micro version of something like that to start with without getting overwhelmed with the full movements? How would you absolutely,
1: that? Absolutely. I mean, and what what's really interesting to me or, you know, because I've been doing this for so long has been you know, how do we um, how do we how do we work with this over time or or in the, in, a, in a timely way? I mean, to say, in other words, how do we incorporate it into our lives? So it's something that I use a lot of applied Qigong in the work that I do with my students and with my clients to uh, work with really small, simple things that are not difficult to learn and very easy to practice. Sometimes they take five to 10 minutes or less. I, had a uh, I've had a program that I call pivot to positive where people could tune in and they look at a certain emotion that they might be feeling that that, that is draining them say so not that any emotion is bad but something where they're feeling stuck and something where that they can move do a movement that can help bring them back to center so that you know those things that throw us off center so that we're in a reactive as opposed to a responsive state you know how can we come back to that so Chico is really good for that there's many many short, Slow, simple movements within the within the large embody uh, of qigong that people can do without having to get overwhelmed. In fact, I get overwhelmed. There's over six thousand exercises that call qigong. So what I do is a minute little corner of it. Um, and I have you know I have colleagues who are very deep in the medical qigong aspect. And you know for me, it's been more about what, how do we use our energy so that we come forward in our most powerful presence. So that's my my focus is apply applying it in that direction.
0: Perfect. Well, I'm going to get into more of a actual practical question about that in a as we go on. Uh, that sounds wonderful. Now, you've mentioned like medical, qigong, and I'm sure there's like there's no one that called iron or something. Some martial artist. Iron Church. Iron Church, exactly. So yeah. like what's 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 a brief history of, of, of Qigong? Just for those that have no idea what this is and they see somebody in the park doing these weird movements. What is the overall, just the brief history of where this came from and how long it's been used for?
1: Well, it's it's ancient. So where it comes from, it's again up for debate because it probably predates any sort of written material. But it was evolved um, through it was basically a Taoist practice so it came through Taoist sages and shamans um, it's a very earth related so it's very very based on the seasons, animals looking at different ways in which nature exists and then emulating some of what the energy patterns are in that uh, it's something that, but there's many, many, many lineages. So even talking about the origin of something that's relatively a new term for practices that incorporate that, it's a little hard to say. Some and there are lineages that go back many, many, many generations. So especially in the Tai Chi Chuan world, you know, there's different lineages which go back many, many families, families lineage all the way through, bringing these practices forward. Um, so it really depends on the on the on the qigong. You know, who who is teaching it, how they're bringing it forward so there's so many styles i can't even begin to tell you how many styles there are and then within those styles there's many many types of exercises and approaches and then you know as people you know as it disseminates out then people because Taoism is so adaptive really and so way you know it's it's very forgiving in a certain way people have taken it into different areas Uh, so it can be something like you said it can be a, a a fighting form although those are And that's Tai Chi Chuan is one of the more martial aspects of Qigong. And those are um, those there's there's other hard arts that stem from qigong you know i i've been a martial artist for so long and one of the things i know is that every martial art that i've studied everyone says oh this is the mother of all martial," or this is the beginning of all martial arts and i, I actually believe qigong may be because it's really working with how do you harness and work with the energy how do you awaken energy in different parts of your body and in your life
0: wonderful and when you say that what came to my mind was someone like a bruce lee who everybody knows even bruce lee even these days and i'm pretty sure he practiced some form of of key because he was able to put immense amount of energy he was a small guy and he would throw massive guys around the room like they were just children and i'm sure he was harnessing that power of 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 chi
1: Absolutely using chi, no question about it. I mean, when you think about anybody who can break through a board with their hand or, you know, I saw uh, a video on YouTube a couple of years ago of a girl, she was uh, maybe 12 or 11 and she was standing in front of a pile of bricks and she went pop and she <laughs> broke those bricks with her forehead. That's not muscle. That's not, you know, that's not will. That's something else is going on there. And that's sort of the, um, the more... Mm, unfamiliar. I was going to say mystical, but it's, I think it's just unfamiliar part of, of what Qigong is, is how do we, how, how do we work, awaken She in different parts of our body. And so Bruce Lee was doing something very, very close in. His work was very, um, internal, you know, going from inside out, very short, fast movements. Um, so yeah, he was a beautiful Qi practitioner. I I wouldn't call what he did Qigong. Um he was really doing kung fu, which is one of the martial sort of derivatives of Qigong, but but uh yeah, absolutely. He was a he was a masterful martial artist.
0: And just to show you the power of 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 what this energy is, I really because qi and qi just mean energy, right? Yes. Right. That's right. And so most of us, I know me back That's in the day. True. And I, when I ask most people, can you feel your body at this moment? And most people say, no, I, I feel fine, right? It's more like almost you're thinking you're fine. And then I say, well, can you pay attention to your kneecap? Can you feel your kneecap? Can you feel your your foot? And, you know, people have to sit there for a few minutes and be like, either they say no, or they say Yeah, a little bit. And I find that very interesting because we're, you know, as humans, we're sort of, externalizing everything. And we sort of don't pay attention to our body unless it's crying in pain.
1: I love that you asked those questions, Craig. I think those are significant. And it's really interesting to me that when you said, do you feel your body? People would say, no, I'm fine. Which means that feeling your body means pain or discomfort, right? If I'm fine, I'm not feeling pain or discomfort. And so, so it's a really interesting to think about what is your body, you know, what tapping into your body through pleasure or tapping to your body through just the sense of being in your observer self and feeling whatever you feel. Um, I, I think it's it's brilliant that you were asking people to feel their kneecaps when you were talking. I was like, oh, there's my kneecap. Oh, there's my foot. So I was following <laughs> you just as you were talking.
0: <laughs> and I find that absolutely fascinating because I know myself back in the day. I I wasn't able to do that, and that's something that I practice even in this moment. I use right. my body as an anchor to make sure that you know i don't get too lost in the mind this is one tool that i use to stay present and i feel my body but you know for someone that's just starting on this this because then i've been there too so i know what it's like is like you know can you feel your back can you feel well not unless it's crying in pain or it's feeling really good like you said so i think this is such a wonderful practice for people to start feeling the energy in their body And one thing I want to ask you is, is, you know, like you seem like a super healthy person and I, I can almost guarantee you, you probably don't suffer from illnesses at all. Would I be wrong with that?
1: Yeah, you'd be wrong. I, I have, I've certainly, you know, I've been hit by a car. I've been, you know, I've had all kinds of injuries that have happened. I've had martial arts when I was more in the fighting arts injuries, um, I haven't had a lot of illness. I've been really lucky, and and I do think it's you know partly in terms of my practice. But I have to say that one of the people, one of the students that I had when I was teaching uh, at a graduate program here in the states, one of the one of the, I remember one of the students was quadriplegic, and she really only could move a finger a little bit she she was taking classes with an aide who was helping her with various things but i swear she could move energy even though she was not able to move her body so it doesn't necessarily have to do with physical ability or even good health i think that there's ways in which um it's really important to to recognize that we at, at, at any point uh, we can always begin to awaken these parts of our, our awareness and, and be able to move because she, she doesn't just mean energy. It also means life force. So while we're alive and, you know, the plants and the animals and the, You know, the insects that are around us are alive. This is life force and it's all vibrational, right? It's all interactive. We're all, we are all one. It's, it's a, you know, we are all one type of consciousness that, that there's, that regardless of where your physical body is, you can still be moving, acknowledging, naming, working with energy, uh, I, I do think that, you know, I mean, I certainly know that for, for, especially for medical Qigong, the the prognosis for healing various types of illnesses is, is very, very high. There's a, a hospital in China where people go when they uh, have kind of not with cancer, when they've kind of given up on other modalities and nothing else is working. And they go to, they go to this place and basically they practice medical Qigong um, and the, the, their, their survival rate is quite, quite good. so, so, you know, this is uh, I guess I I think the reason I'm taking a long time to answer this question, Craig, is because I always want to veer away from any kind of like blame the victim or, you know, you didn't take care of your body well. And so therefore you will develop cancer or something like that. Or you're really angry and you've stored that anger in your breast. And that's why your breast gets I, I really resist that type of interpretation because I think it's not helpful. And I also think it's not accurate.
0: I totally agree, and I you know i'm I'm not one to go into that either. i I do believe there's no such thing as mistakes. I believe in experiences and growing from them. And the reason why I was kind of asking that question is because I have a direct experience with with moving energy in my body from a, a pretty severe sickness that I had.
1: And I wasn't practicing
0: chi. Well, it was a, you know, my audience already kind of knows about this. I've talked about it a few times. But to bring it up briefly was, um, I was basically uh, had a massive uh, illness in my stomach, in my spleen. And it had drained every ounce of energy from me. I lost, I don't know, 80 pounds. I was probably down to like, you know, weighing 80 pounds. I couldn't walk 50 feet. And Mm -hmm. it took me, honestly, over five years to heal this. And uh, just over the past few years of my dedication to this practice and to my spiritual work and to my truth, I'm now I really do believe and I feel it that I'm the strongest and the healthiest I've ever been in my life. And so when I think back to my time when I was there, you know, you're right, you do have this sort of mindset saying, you know, why did you get sick? You could have did this, you could have did that. But that blaming mentality, that victim mentality doesn't serve anything. It's like whatever you have done is what you were meant to go through. There's a challenge here for you that you manifested. And, you know, there's a point where I actually tried, I tried dying because I was just done with my body. I'm like, I'm out of here. And I tried Mm -hmm. just pulling away in my spirits like, no, you're not going anywhere. You're not done. You're just beginning this, this journey. And so I started to learn to move energy into my body. And I would go to doctors, I was getting poked and prodded like you wouldn't believe. And they're like, I, we can't find out what's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong. And I'm like, obviously, I feel pretty, pretty bad. So I knew that this was was the journey on the inside for me. And that was the journey I was dedicated to. Oh, I to. love that. And
1: I love you that. Know, that stagnancy. And, and, you know, you said of, and you said you didn't do Qigong, but I consider that Qigong, right? You harnessed a certain, you know, intention, moved energy in your body. So... You know whether it was a you know some kind of traditional qigong practice or something that you were creating or you had came from another system, whether it's reiki or you know you know or any of the different things that that we can harness uh, energy from. You know you you did this. It really reminds me of a story, a kind of a wake up call that I had um, around moving energy. So I love that story. Thank you so much for telling me. Even though I think I may have heard some of it before in one of your other podcasts, but I, I really I love hearing that.
0: Yeah. And it's, and that's why I look at these like challenges. If anybody's going out there uh, that is out there going through a a physical or a health challenge. And that was kind of my question to you earlier was that this is the power of our, our conscious intention of moving the energy in our bodies, because if energy becomes stagnant, just like I describe as looking at a pond that has no movement in water, it's going to be a very poisonous and sick pond. It's the same thing in, in our energy system. So if our energies aren't moving, like life is movement, right? You said chi is life force, energy, movement, and if it's not yes. moving, it's, things can stagnate. And so, if you com- become, you know, conscious of that and you start to work with that energy, I do believe, and I experience miracles can and will happen for you. And that's kind of what I was getting at: is you know, avoiding that victim mentality, going rising above it, seeing it from a different perspective, and working with the power within you. Because I do believe it's infinite, and this is just a beautiful way. interact with it and that's kind of where I was going with I was just wondering you must have seen through all your so many clients some amazing results from people
1: oh I have I have um it's 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 it is absolutely humbling um and and a beautiful thing to see the kinds of transformations that some people have gone through I know one of the things that when you were talking about your journey with um with your illness when I was um I I was, I think I I can't remember how long I'd been doing qigong at that point, but I was basically training myself to be a, a teacher. So I was doing a lot, like you know, several hours a day, um, very focused practice, because I really was wanting to build up a certain level of energy for myself. Um, at the same time, in my life, I was feeling a lot of dissatisfaction. So I was you know crabby and felt like, you know, there's just too much. I don't, don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. My, my life is too busy. This, that, the other thing. Uh, a friend of mine asked me to come pick her up. I, I jumped in my car, went to pick her up, parked the car and walk, started walking across the street. And as I was walking across the street, I looked over my shoulder. I saw a car coming And it stopped at a stop sign, or at least I perceived that it stopped at a stop sign. So I just kept walking. I was kind of jaywalking. When I looked over my shoulder again, I saw that he hadn't stopped. He was coming at me at 30 miles an hour. Uh, And so I turned my head because I knew I wanted to go in the same direction that I was going to be hit, that I didn't want to resist it, that I wanted to go with it. So it hit me. It threw me up in the air. It threw me a long distance away. Um, And I remember... I'll never forget this because this was one of those you know transformative wake up moments where I felt like time stopped. It was you know, and anyone who's been in a car accident or anything like that knows that feeling of like that, that everything slows down, but actually things became utterly still, and I felt like I w- this is while I was up in the air, and I felt like I was um in a seed uh, a, a, like I was a seed inside of a hull, and I remember looking around and going wow. And and I could feel that that seed was in my um, lower abdomen, which was interesting to me. So so that's really where the center of, uh, you know, what, what's, what's so-called our jing, our, our physical life force comes from. And I, so I, I was looking around inside of my body and going, wow, I really am just a seed inside of a hull. And I, that means I could leave this particular hull and travel do something else or i could stay and it, uh, because i was in a time of depression and, and a sense of not uh, feeling victimized by my life by the choices in my life so I, I was in a kind of a victim mindset uh, and i decided I, I would stay obviously and i opened my eyes and i was coming into the pavement like super fast and so i curled into a, a martial arts role an aikido role and um immediately stood up and started to do a Qigong move. Uh, And the guy who was driving the car jumped out of his car and was screaming, what are you doing? I just hit you, you've got to lie down, lie down. So I lay down and I started running the microcosmic orbit uh, and an ambulance and all that stuff happened. I got taken to the hospital, nothing was broken. um, And uh, I was just pretty badly twisted. But I remember that there were these doctors and nurses standing around saying, she should be dead from this double impact of being hit at that speed and then landing on concrete at, with that amount of, you know, pressure. Um, but that was, you know, it was the same kind of thing where it was like, I, I had this sense in my mind of like, this is a choice. I can make a choice. It really moved me out of the place I had been, which was, you know, even though I had been practicing for a long time, I mean, at that point I was, you know, I was well seasoned in my practice, but I didn't, there was some part of me that hadn't integrated it into my consciousness. And I think that that's where that turnaround happened. And pretty much after that, I became more full-time in, in teaching and, and coaching.
0: Isn't that amazing that we all get these wake-up calls, whether we want them or not, consciously?
1: So true. So They're true.
0: there to like, help us remind ourselves who we really are. Because I do believe that every challenge that we manifest, whether it's a car accident or an illness, or a relationship challenge, they're there to teach us more about ourselves if we're willing to actually look at the big picture, right? Because it's so easy to kind of get lost in that.
1: I so agree. More, more about ourselves, and I think also more about how we are interconnected. You know how we are. How we are really all energetic. You know, stardust um, that, that we're, we're, really are one. Um, it, absolutely. it's absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's yeah.
0: something that I, that's, you know, when I read about Qigong and I, you know, I have a couple of books and I started like learning more about the technicals aspect of it. I just like, I love how it's just based off of nature and the breath and the seasons, because I always say to my audience that nature is our greatest teacher. Mm-hmm. Our bodies are made from nature I believe our spirits are from heaven, so we're a mixture of, of a heavenly energy and a uh, an earth energy, and so we're here walking this middle path of trying to find that of that balance. And this is the wonderful part of of a practice like this. So I, I bet you, after that, you got hit by that car, you probably healed faster than you would have.
1: Well, did? I did. There was definitely some structural structural problems. It took me a while to unwind from that sense of being hit because my hips got really twisted way out. Um, so it took a long time to unwind it. But I I, I don't have any problems anymore with it. So um, it did. It did heal. And what you were saying about consciousness and and, um, you know, that sort of the earth and the heaven. I just wanted to reflect to you. There's a there's a concept of the three treasures in Qigong. Um, uh Shen, Qi, and Jing, and and I have a certain my own. I've created my the way of Joy Qigong, which is what I teach, is really my own hybrid system where I brought information from a lot of different systems I've studied over the years. But one thing that's consistent is these three levels, and these three levels, Heaven. Or, or Shen uh, is the part of our that's it's what you said. It's it's that sense of a conscious the consciousness that's sort of non-ending. It's it's the our guidance, our connection to the divine, to guides gods goddesses however you think about the divine if nothing else even for people who aren't spiritually bent it's it's the part of ourselves that can have a perspective that is whole so is as though we were floating up in the in the cosmos looking down at our lives like little ants moving around you know that that consciousness that we are all one or that wisdom uh it's our access to our wisdom our our, our higher self if you will um, the second level is the human realm which you were referred to also, and uh, which is basically taking the wisdom of heaven and then personalizing it, making it yours. So that's really like, you know, where we where we have our strengths and our weaknesses, where we feel inter, inter, inter interactive with one another and with the world around us. It's the part of ourselves that's also unique, the part that's pers- your person. Who you express, who who are you when you come out in the world? So, how do you take this universal energy and then you move it through who you are? Uh, and your own unique brilliance and then the earth realm is all about how you walk that talk how you ground yourself what it is that you do what is it that you choose to do or not do so that that earth realm is all about manifestation and what we create so there's these three realms which you just alluded to i thought it was interesting that that's really encompassed at least in the way of joy in terms of how i think about it
0: I find that so amazing because that's how, you know, like, I feel truth because, you know, every practice, every religion, every spiritual path has truth in it. Right. And I know truth by feeling it. I don't just read something and say, okay, that's true. I allow my body to process it. And that's what I was saying to my audiences. Like we, we need to live in an age of discernment and to feel our inner truth because, you know, now more than ever with technology and social media and TV and, all of the movies out there, it's just they're trying to get your attention. And so we need to practice that sort of that inner listening a lot more. And it's difficult. Like, I know what it's like. So that's why I try to give practical steps for my audience to like to reach these areas. And for example, when I was fighting that, well, I don't even like to use the word fighting when I was going through that challenge, mm-hmm. that illness, I started an energy practice and um, I learned off a teacher. And it was called bioenergy healing. And mm-hmm. so, and the, the first thing that opened up was my hands. So the energy in my hands just all of a sudden were just like vibrating, like they were in like, I don't know, kind of explain, like they were just buzzing like crazy. And they, they buzz to this day. I just got used to it. And so I've realized that I've activated points in my hands, right? And that was that's, that was the start of the journey for me. And then I used these points to, to not only heal myself, but heal others around me. And so I developed my own sort of energy healing practice. And so I bet you, you probably know that there's probably uh, energy points in my hands that I've opened up and channels that have just awakened and remembered who they are, and the flow of the rivers of the internal meridians are flowing more. Right? That's really what it's about. It's about awakening our true potential. Our bodies, I, I believe, I do believe, are these miracles of life walking around that are just untapped for most people, and it's about Absolutely. like finding that that gold within. And this is why I love having Vicky on the show is because this is just another way that we can find that gold and, you know, reveal it to ourselves in, in, you know, as practical ways as we can. And so getting onto that practical practicalness, you know, like, what are some things that people will experience? Uh, say they're, st- they're starting something for a week, will they experience buzzing in the hands? Or will they experience more energy? Or will they experience uh, a lightness in the body? Like, what are some of the things that you've experienced from your, your clients?
1: Well, as you know, everybody is different. And so people will experience it in different ways. And I, I know for a while, it was people who would come and they would feel all of this Energy moving, and whether it would be in their hands, or whether it be there's their heart, vi- heart chakra vibrating, or they would feel, you know, just like they had more get up and go, or they felt more optimistic. Um, people feel it in different parts of their body or different parts of of their life. Um, but I think that the main thing that that would be unifying what people feel is that there's that sense that we can go back to our center, to our core, and from that core we can make choices that are way more um, resourceful <laughs> helpful that can actually create those kinds of changes that we want that we can actually have take agency in our lives. And so I think that that's the main thing so I get I, 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 I mean there's I have so you know thousands of people at this point that I've worked with but um, I, I mean I, I remember one person who had had uh, a cancer um, what was it it was um, it was lymphoma, she, she actually healed. And I'm not, I'm not saying I can heal lymphoma. I'm not saying that she go and can heal lymphoma, but she, but she had one of those spontaneous shifts. Um, and she attributes it a lot to her practices, the, the various things that she was doing. So people can really shift that. I've had other people, um, <laughs> for a while i would joke about you know a, 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 not a good marketing strategy for me is that people would come and if they were in a dysfunctional relationship that relationship would usually need to end um <laughs> I was like, don't want to say break up with your partner. <laughs> do you go and break up with your partner? But people would find where, where is the health? You said cultivate. You said you know we need to cultivate discernment. I have the um, three triads in my system in the way of joy, and the middle triad is the human triad, which has an aspect of heaven, human, and earth. And the earth, which is what is the action we take, is cultivate discernment. And cultivating discernment helps us to know how do we create our boundaries. And I'm talking about energetic boundaries here, not. And when I talk boundaries, I'm not talking about you can't this. I'm talking about something a little different. I'm talking about I am as opposed to you can't. So it's really <clears throat> it's really about what feeds you, what drains you, how do you determine that, and then how do you live that. So when I say boundaries, I'm really looking at, um, you know, a lot of times people think of boundaries as, I think of them as, you know, I have the middle part of my my human realm is called boundaries dissolve barriers because when we have don't have boundaries we either merge like oh i don't know what do you want to do or you you tell me or, or we um, put out these porcupine quills saying, you know, I need my space. I need to have time. And, and, but it's with a very, um, you know, uh, aggressive need to create space because we haven't had good boundaries, but when we have our boundaries, we know what we think. We know what we feel. We know what we choose and don't choose. We know what we believe or don't believe. And from that place, we can be really calm and centered in ourselves so that we can address the the things where we're wanting to create space, in, for example, or where we're wanting to go with the flow of somebody. We can do that with a different type of intention. So these energetic boundaries is something called, it's based on a concept in Qigong called Wei Qi, which has to do with the externalized energy that comes off of our bodies. So people who could see auras see it as as colors and light. Um, people who you know hear vol- sound sound vibration might hear a sound. Um but even if you just put your hand next to somebody and you can feel heat coming off their body, that's their Wei Chi field.
0: Exactly. Everyone has a different perspective or modality to. See your yeah, sense or feel experience. different ways. Yeah. Yes. I, I, for yeah. one, I, I can feel very, like I can feel, and if I've been really meditating a lot, I can actually, I have seen auras and I love that idea, but I've actually found something interesting that happened to me is that, you know, my, my third eye was, was, was opening and it got so intense that, you know, I was like, when I open my eyes at night, it's like, I'm looking at, the, at in a star field it's like mm-hmm. I see like it's like it's, there's so much energy moving And when I first saw that a few years ago I was freaked out because it just challenges your reality of what you think you are or what you think you know yeah. and it's like it, 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 your first reaction is to say I don't want that I'm not I don't know what that <laughs> is right and so it it's can not don't be, be to go
1: someplace new right
0: right and so that's <laughs> what I mean is like you know I, I know that that's where I want to go but you know and i've pushed myself a lot of through through a lot of the fear and i'm still working on fear we're we're all human we still have our programmings and whatnot we're still living in these bodies but it's about like how do we get to those places and feel safe like for what i've experienced for example like for someone that may be challenging their reality how can they take those steps with courage you know instead of saying okay i'm 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 revolt re- reverting back to my 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 shell to protect myself like you said i need my boundaries how do we maintain that balance of walking our purpose and truth while holding our boundaries up from a world that's probably going to try to take something from you because that's what we've been programmed to do is to sort of take from each other and manipulate each other and reprogramming that how do we walk that balance you know with as much awareness as we can you know because uh, when i think back you know, it's your brain that just goes off of like this, your old programming. And it's just like, I got to survive. I got to look out for myself. And, you know, and when we step out of that, do you still feel that old programming kind of pull you in? Well, what about yourself? What about, you know, taking care of yourself first? And when you realize the spiritual truth that we all are one, and then what I've realized is what you give, you, you actually receive. It's actually just an energetic law. So what I was kind of getting at was like, in until you start actually practicing this in your own life, we're just saying words to people. And so this is where we have to say to people, you need to start experiencing and practicing this yourself so that you can become your own experiment. And then you can watch how the manifestation in your life changes based off what you're being in that moment so that you'll build confidence in that process. And I think this is such a perfect way using using qigong to actually reach that because you're going to reach that state of calm and awareness and integrity and create and yeah you may have some you know fear at first but as you see okay wow well, i actually created that through my feeling of this way or being this way and that's why i say to people keep a journal in your life what happened to you today what happened to you yesterday keep a journal through the things that you're practicing do you have any thoughts on that
1: I love I love everything that you just said, Greg. I have a lot of thoughts, of course, um, and 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 I was also just really taking in what you were saying because there's so much brilliance there. I think that to me, um, I, I love journaling. I think journaling is a great way to listen to our observer self, what I call our observer self, um, or some Buddhists call a Buddhist call witness. Um, and I think that you know when when we're in fear um, and doubt, that the first step I always think of is to stop and just have a lot of compassion for that part of yourself is to not try to overcome it or push it away or, or talk yourself out of it, but to really listen, where's this coming from? How can I support me? How can I support you in, in this, in this process, um, uh, to, to really breathe into it and be with the feelings. Um, I was working with a client just yes, last yesterday who, uh, is a Lebanon war survivor and he um brilliant brilliant man and we did a little bit of <clears throat> inner work where he was dialoguing with his future self and with his past self, the past self who had, who had been terrified in a in a war zone with bombs exploding and a future self who was healthy and well. And both he advising his younger self and his future self advising him now was all about um going into nature spending time there in a place that feels safe and really do, just doing some deep listening that was he had you know it was way more complex than that and I certainly won't reveal his whole process but but it but it was really it was again it was just very brilliant very similar to what you're saying when you're asking you know your yourself or your clients to journal I think that um, from a Qigong point of view, what I always like to do, and this is something I would encourage your listeners to do, which I can just tell you right over over this, the air, you don't need to study with me to do this. It's something called Six Direction Breathing. And with Six Direction Breathing, basically it's it's a good way to come back to your breath because in qigong everything comes back to the breath and how how are you with your breath and how do you stay to a place of centering through your breath um and so when you're one practice that people can just do that you can do this driving a car you can do this in the shower you can do this sitting in meditation you can do it anytime that you put your mind to it but you want to think of first of all as you breathe that you're Lengthening in your solar plexus. So it's like lengthening through the center of your spine as you inhale and then releasing as you exhale. So it gets taller and then a little less tall. And then shifting your attention to widening across your ribs. So your ribs expand and then they contract. So as you inhale, they expand. And then as you exhale, they contract. And then the final focus is forward and back, so that your belly and back swell with air as you inhale, and then release as you exhale. And after you've done those each of those three a few times, you can put that all together. And just it's almost like a balloon just getting bigger and then deflating slightly. And when you do that, when you put your attention into the six direction breathing. It's it's not just about belly breathing, or it's not about even you know trying to shift where where you're breathing, but it's really about really letting this fullness of your breath come. It really helps to center your attention, and from that place, when you can do some inner listening, like okay, what is it that's scaring me right now? Is it you know I'm scared to be as big as I really am in the sort of. De- um, uh, nelson Mandela concept or is it that i'm you know uh, is it that i'm um, actually at, in a threat and of course when we're actually in a thing where we might be in a in a in a danger zone a war zone or, or you have somebody who's going to uh, physically attack you your adrenals will take over and that's a different thing that's not where i'm saying slow down and feel your really but when we're in that emotional state of feeling like um we're at at risk and our adrenals are kicked up it's really good to just come back and sort of calm down the amygdala, which is that fight, flight, um, freeze gland that we have, or sort of some kind of call it the reptilian brain. And, and just to really let yourself come back to center and then do that deep listening. And once you've heard from that, maybe it's a younger self that says, Oh, I can't do this. I'm scared. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to p- people to find out I'm a fake or, you know, all these different you know things that we go through internally you can you can hold that part of yourself and cradle it and say, "Oh, I know you're scared, honey. <laughs> it's okay. You're going to be okay. What you know? I, I'm going to take care of this." You, 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 there's all kinds of dialogue that you can have. Let's just put it that way. I don't mean to, you know, say any script, but I'm just trying to give an example. That that this uh, six direction breathing is one of my favorite basic foundational qigong practices that anybody can do, and you don't need to study with anybody to do it.
0: Absolutely fascinating. I, as you were saying that, I was practicing that and I definitely felt just being centered right away.
1: Yeah. And,
0: you know, being centered is that place in you where you can actually find your and listen to your, your inner self. And exactly. Just, and come from that place of like, of, no, of an inner knowing. And I, I've, one thing I was going to say is that like, I think most people would agree that now more than ever, we're living in a society are the, the, the distractions to get you into your mind are just unbelievable. And they and they know us so well and the programming is so deep that we don't even notice that we're being pulled apart from our, of our inner self. So a lot of us are creating from that place of fear without even realizing it because it's just you go through this defense mechanism. Whether you're at work and you got to please your boss to keep your job or... Uh, your your partner, you're scared to say something wrong. or And so, and I find this funny from an energetic, and not funny, but I, I, I sort of ironic in an energetic perspective because who you're being, you know, I, I also study sacred geometry too. So I know that our, our, our chakras are basically a sacred geometry. And so who you're being, you're actually speaking to the greater field as to what you want to experience, even though it's not really what you want, it's what you're communicating. the greater field and so we're likely going to be attracting more and more of those situations because the goal of fear is to create more fear so our our, the biggest goal and i would say in in life is to just try to be aware when you're creating in fear and just pull that back and if you can actually just start doing that your life is going to change because then you're going to start creating from the place of of peace of of inner knowing of calmness and then your world is going to shortly reflect that. And I, I, sp- I speak of this with so much confidence because I look at myself as as the greatest experiment that, that I've ever done. Because I've seen myself create from a place of fear and I measure what I've got. I've got pain and suffering and, and anxiety. Like I suffered from all of that. And if, if I can, like now that I know what I know, I can say, well, that person did that to me. That person did that to me. The old ego could say that. But the new me that, that, that has discovered my truth realizes that that's what I was putting out there. And so that's why we can't walk that line of victimhood because then we just put that feedback loop back in, into action. So we have to step out of that loop somehow. And this is why, again, like I love these conversations because these are the ways that we can break free from those old programs, whether, whether we're going to work, whether we're going to school, whether we're in a, a tough relationship, is to realize that there's something in you that you're creating from and so we have to decide are we creating from fear or are we creating from love and i bet you can attest to that even from your own life
1: absolutely absolutely i you know recent uh, I w- about a year ago my wife gifted me with a um a retreat in the wilderness um in a cabin in the wilderness for um it was a, c- a couple of weeks uh and it didn't have any internet so there was no buzz around it was it was really (laughs) super remarkable and one of the things when I was walking in beautiful creeks and rivers and stuff I was walking by the river and all of a sudden this thought came to my mind you know I was noticing how often I would go into fear how often I would go and so I was just sort of started to think about I want to reclaim my mind when when I'm at my mind hijacks in, me into the what ifs uh, so that I can breathe my way back to the present moment, because that is what where I live is in the present moment. Even if I, my brain is going like this, it's like, bring it back. You're here this is what you're experiencing right now. And it's like, well, what if this happens? Or you know, I had, that's right. I had heard a gun. Somebody had shot a gun. Somebody had been doing some hunting somewhere around me. And I, so it was like, Oh my God, what if, you know, what if I see an animal dying? What if I, you know, all of these, what ifs? And it was like, Oh, look at that. How interesting. That's where you're going, even though actually the gun's not going off right now. And you're, you're in a very peaceful place. So let's stop hijacking my brain and, and come back to this present moment and go back to that six direction breathing, for example.
0: Absolutely brilliant. And that's, and you know, even masters, even people that are on this path are still going to be going through this because we're all still human. Right. And so anybody out there, you know, don't be hard on yourself, be gentle on yourself and just be aware as often as you can. And if you're not, that's okay too, but to try to be aware of your thoughts so that they don't take us on these wild journeys where we don't need to go. Like, you was saying you heard a gunshot. What if, what if I get shot? What if he thinks I'm a deer? You know, like it's, it's, you know, we're honestly ridiculous thoughts. It's kind of funny, but you got to be careful of where you're creating from. Right. And so just to be aware of that thought, that's the hardest thing in, in uh, the hardest challenge. If you can be aware of the thought that's trying to get your attention, you've already kind of won the game.
1: Right? And you know, you had, you had a real key to that, Greg, when you were talking earlier about, you know, listening to your body because a lot of times Well, I'm kinesthetic too. So at least for you and me, a lot of those times, you know, where, where we get these thoughts, a lot of times it's being generated for some, some reaction in the body. And so to kind of come to that part of your body to focus on, you know, for me, it was like my gut clenching it's like okay let's just really relax your belly um that's gonna make you more prepared even if you do see this person with a gun and (laughs) he's a monster you know (laughs) whatever it is that i was going you know wherever my my particular movie was taking me
0: Um, (laughs) that's hilarious so And speaking of some being kinesthetic and some being, you know, emotional or whatever sort of senses that we're feeling, what does stagnant energy feel like for different types of people? Like for me, I can say for stagnant energy, I can feel it in my body. But what about somebody that, you know, it doesn't have that kinesthetic feeling in their body? What does a stagnant energy feel like? Is it, could it be thought forms? Could it be emotions?
1: Absolutely. It it could be looping in your brain again and again over something or not being able to let go of something that you feel resentment about uh, on the emotional plane On you know, mental plane um, you know uh, on a physical on a physical plane it can be what what you're talking about it can also be a kind of numbness or feeling like you shut off from your body um, uh, auditory it can be just sort of hearing the dialogue go through again and again or what I could have said I should have said what I would what, what I wanted to say what I'm going to say where we're looping over and over and over again um, so that would be an auditory visual would be something I think stagnant would be where You know, our brains are so brilliant at just filtering everything, right? We take information that feeds what we believe, right? So so we believe something and then we look for what the data is to support that and everything else gets kind of filtered out. That's how our brains work. So so when we're in a place where we're just focusing on, um, I see what's wrong with this picture, then everything to prove that will come to our attention which is a little bit what you're talking about when you're sort of talking in the law of attraction type of way of, you know, what you create or what you think is what you create and the the reverberation that happens, the reciprocity that happens with us and with our universal, um, experience. Um, so, So with visual, it could be just, you know, I'm just seeing what's going to support this and I'm not allowing myself to see the whole picture. And that's, you know, and those are sophisticated, difficult things to do. I mean, I feel, you know, there's sometimes when I feel like I'm in it and I get it and other times when I feel... At a loss um i i don't think of myself as a qigong master i think although i've had students say that i am but I, I, I think of myself as a qigong master teacher so i know i'm very good at teaching um and my work is always to practice what i teach to really continue to deepen you know because like you it's injuries and pain and suffering that has taught me a lot and and so i'm you know, it's like when I I used to sprain my ankle again and again. It's every time I sprained it, I learned how to heal it really quickly, but it took me several sprains to get there. And then I was able to help other people with their sprained ankle when I was still doing body work and, and that kind of healing. So um I think that you know the different auditory that's to be covered, auditory, visual, kinesthetic, um what am I missing? Um um, people who, you know, who smell, they, they may be, you know, it, it just depends, right? Whatever your particular sense is that's most awake. Um, just notice if it's on repeat, like a broken record, right? Ba-bam, ba-bam, bam It's going again and again. That's usually a good signal that you're stuck.
0: I hear you on that. That happens, uh, <laughs> happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. is a sign. And that is, a, and that's our, either our bodies or our minds or our spirit trying to get our attention to say, listen, there's something here that you need to look at. And yeah. that's what I was just going to approach now is like going through these challenges. And I really do believe that people that go through challenges are experiencing the polarity of life, right? So you experience, you know, what love is not. to really appreciate what love is. To appreciate what health is, you have to experience what health is not, right? And mm-hmm. I've experienced that, you've experienced that. And I know a lot of people have experienced that. And so the people that have gone through this, I want to say, you know, these experiences are actually our gifts. And I'll just say it plainly as that. They're gifts for us to awaken to our true power and our true potential. Because through these experiences, we actually can actually then share our true gift, just like you now know how to heal ankles, right? (laughs) it's just i know how to really reach you know in a compassion sense to somebody that's going through pain that nobody else a doctor wouldn't understand i know what that's like i feel you i hear you i see you right so my compassion has gone up a million percent because of what i've gone through right mm-hmm. um so i think anybody out there that is going through a challenge whether it's a financial challenge or a health challenge or a relationship challenge know that these challenges are there to get your attention and for you to learn something from them so that you can be your best and true self because that's why you're here we're not here to be stagnant we're not here to be the same people we were we were yesterday especially in, in these modern times i believe because when we're being challenged on every front on every angle like there are, our our survival our, our root chakras are being attacked right about food and money and economy and all that so not now more true. than ever yeah, and yeah. the climate, and now more than ever, like I think you know, this is the time where I think a lot of people are going to be awakening, and I, I do feel that a lot of more people are going to be awakening to their own inner truth and looking for alternative ways of looking at life instead of just the left brain. Right, I, I do believe believe left brain has its place. But there's also the right brain, there's the heart, the spirit that has its place too. So we need to come into balance with these, with these aspects of ourselves so that we can now serve ourselves and our larger community with like true service. And that was funny because I was, I had a friend um, always talked to me about, and he, he was a very left brain guy, a very brilliant man. And he always talked about, oh, there's no purpose in life. There is no purpose. And I didn't have the, the words back then, but I'm like, I'm like, purpose is everything and i didn't know how to describe that but i didn't so cuz he's very left brain and now after all these years i'm like for me my purpose is just to remember myself and as mm-hmm. i remember myself my my service to my community just takes care of itself automatically right mm-hmm. so if you focus on this purpose of your left brain oh i got to get a job i got to get married i got to have kids i got to have a certain car make a certain amount of money to be successful right that is going to eventually teach you a lesson about what you know your true worth really is and i think this is kind of what's happening in like the community at large the world at large as they're going through this identity crisis of who they really are and i'm looking at what's happening in the world as an opportunity for people on a larger scale to awaken do you have any thoughts on that
1: i i love that and may it be so i i have had those thoughts for sure um and may it be so um i uh I've had the privilege of being with three different people as they were dying um, and as they took their last breath. Oh, my mother, my father, and a, a woman who had been a senior student of mine. And what I can say is that, you know, at the end of their lives, each of those people, and I've also talked to other people who were nearing death, but but these were people that I was sort of acting in a sort of death doula role, um, that... None of them ever said, I wish I had made more money. I wish I had done more things. You know, it was really came back to love, um, loving, feeling like that there was love in their life and, and feeling. And it's not even just about familial love. It's self-love. It's all, you know, spirit love. It's it's so that's that sense of um, of connection that is gives so much meaning when we're able to kind of exchange and have reciprocity between us or among us so um uh and in terms of the you know these these very divisive and challenging times um becoming a wake-up call i think it is a wake-up call for a lot of people um and maybe so that this is i i, I do know what you're talking about i've heard many people speak about this as being you know this divine guidance that's leading us this time i don't have um I don't have a, a any resistance to that idea. I don't have a personal experience of it, except sometimes in my dreams. I remember having a dream when I was a kid, I was maybe eight years old, where there was this huge blast, right? This was during the time when, um, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, where kids were being told to go under their desk for <laughs> if there was a nuclear attack. Like that would be something that would make a difference. <laughs> but anyway, um, I had a dream that there was a huge nuclear explosion it was like everything got very bright white and then i was in this field of beautiful wildflowers, and there were people playing and laughing and i had many dreams of 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 what you're talking about like what is what is the and that could be just that awakening it wasn't necessarily a nuclear blast but it would be an awakening that and then all of a sudden that there was a, a sense of you know who we are when we are really connected with one another and with nature so, I experience it that way um you know i, I don't I don't follow any particular um uh, uh, mindset about it, but i I do see it as a prayer. may it be so may we may we all may all beings um end suffering for themselves and for one another
0: Brilliant. And when I always say you know all roads lead home, no matter yeah. if you take the long way or if you take the short way, all roads lead home and I find solace in that. And I love what you said about, you know, relationships. And I really do resonate so deeply with that, is that everything is about relationships. Everything is about connection. And the connection begins with yourself, doesn't it? Yes,
1: yes, yes, absolutely. It begins with yourself, because if you're not there, how can you have a relationship with anything else?
0: And I think you need to know where we are first. Right. And I don't think we're taught that in this society, this modern society, who we really are and our connection to ourselves. And yeah. so a lot of us grow up looking for ourselves out there. And so our relationship with ourselves is already the first thing we need to kind of step back and, and find. Yeah. And, and this is what I, you know, Qigong is so cool because it helps you find that within you because anybody can read a book, right? And I, I recommend reading books. They're great, but they're pointers to your own experience.
1: Yes. Right. Yes. So, true. And so
0: And so until you have your own experience, then that's they're just going to be that they're going to be pointers for you, mm-hmm. direction markers for you.
1: I'd and so this that. is where
0: I love about you know qigong. It's a real practical way of finding that inner peace within yourself because everyone has it. Yes. Whether you're a so-called good person or bad person, we all have this inner light within us.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So I uh, will ask a couple more questions. Um, and we're wrapping up to almost about an hour here. So, other than the six way breathing, is there another maybe a tip you can give my listeners for if they're feeling, uh, you know, in a state of fear or they're feeling anxious? Uh, uh, you know, they're at work or they're on the bus and there they got an appointment or an interview. Is there something that they could do? Um, you know, that first one's a great one, the, the, the six way breathing. Is there another one that you could share with us perhaps?
1: Yes. There's, a, there's a, a, a short form called Wei Qi, which has to do with this boundaries, dissolve barriers idea I was talking about before. It has to do with the energy that you emanate out. That's the I am as opposed to you can't. I find it really useful because one of the things I also do is I'm a performer and a director. So I work a lot with people on stage, whether they're speakers or storytellers or CEOs wanting to deliver their keynotes or whatever. So I work a lot with people on presentation skills based on this concept of Wei Qi. So I'm combining sort of the best of both my theater skill world and my Qigong world to create what I call a power presence. Um, so for Wei Qi is something, um, so I, for, for people who are, is this going to be a video that people see or just audio?
0: It's likely just going to be audio.
1: Okay, so so then what you would basically do for Wei Qi is it's basically think about ex, it's a way to expand the field of influence, but it's also a boundary. So that if you're feeling like you're intimidated about a conversation you're going to have, it allows you to come back to center and emanate from your heart, which is of course the most powerful energetic center that we have. Um, So it it helps emanate from the heart and also helps us kind of stand our ground, stand tall. So the practice, what you would do, So if you're listening um, and you're not driving, it's something that you could do now is you can either stand or sit um, and you want to feel both of your feet on the ground. So if you're seated, put your feet on the ground, make sure you can feel the ball of your big toe, little toe and heel. Feel your sits bones connected to whatever you're sitting on. If you're seated and if you're standing, feel your sits bones are aligned with your feet. Um, and then grow so you want to bring space in between each one of these vertebrae right so you want to imagine that there's space between each bone in your spine and this is a a concept of she moves in the space between she always looks for a place where there's opening so you want to create as much internal opening as possible you can of course do this with six direction breathing and then the movement is basically you take your arms and you're going to bring your arms in front of you, cross your wrists in front of your pelvis, basically, and lift your arms all the way up and all the way out to the side. So it's like you're designing like a a sand angel or something like this. You're circling the arms at least three times. And as you do, you want to relax your solar plexus. Relax your heart, so your chest, so that your clavicles look like they're smiling, your collarbones are wide, or you have wall-to-wall shoulders. And you just let your have a sense of just letting yourself be calm centered and emanate out that calm center. You can put a prayer behind it. You can, you know, may this meeting with this uh interview go better than i could have possibly imagined or may the people who need to hear my message hear it from their hearts whatever affirmation you want to put in there that that can only augment it it's not necessarily sorry you can just do the movement but you're basically just going to circle your arms crossing your wrists at your pelvis or leg level and then going up over your head and out to the sides and expanding your energy out in those direct in, in all around you so that would be a that would be a one one exercise that people I, I, I had a group of people students who wanted to do what they called. they wanted me to teach a class called bathroom qigong because a lot of them worked in offices and so they would when they were going to do something that was hard they would go into the bathroom and go into the stall and practice a little bit of qigong sometimes it was wei chi, sometimes it was something else but according to what it was needed. But I, I, I like doing things that are quick and easy. So, you know, if you're going to go someplace and you have a place where you have a green room or a bathroom or someplace you can take a break, just do that for a few times until you feel like your breathing slows down. After you've done it, say three to nine times, circling your arms three to nine times, make a fist with your thumb on the inside of the fist. Now, this is not a fist you would ever want to punch someone with. You would break your thumb. This is this something where you're basically encapsulating your spirit, and then bring your fists down and point them down towards the ground? So it's like you're plugging in a plug into a socket. You're plugging your energy field down into the ground. So that's a, that's the first level of of wei chi that I I would really encourage people to do anytime you feel like you need to really be in your power presence, whether it's an argument with a grandchild uh, or with a spouse or whether it's um, whether it's a place where you're wanting to share information from a, a really, you know, empowered and radiant place.
0: Absolutely brilliant. I was kind of walking through that as you were guiding us and I, I already felt the difference. So I think nice. that's such a, a wonderful, practical way for most people to get something out of gaining that anchoring and that presence and that calmness and to and that co- really being confident in this world right and, beautiful. and by
1: the way if you can't do it physically because you're in public and it's no place for you to go to do it privately do it in your mind that that counts too mm-hmm. you're still moving energy when you move it in your mind so just imagine yourself circling your arms up to the sides three to nine beautiful. times
0: Beautiful. that's a beautiful time so three to nine times yes perfect So as we finish up here, are there any final or parting words that you want to say to the audience about yourself or some tips, whatever you want to say, go ahead.
1: Um, Well, first of all, I want to thank you, Greg. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I feel like I've met a brother here. Um, Mm. I think that uh, what I'd like people to realize is that we live in times that, as Greg was saying, I think can be disempowering can feel disempowering but you have a choice not about controlling that but about how you respond to it and so I just want to encourage you to know that you are here on the planet at this point in time for a reason you have something to bring of who you are and I want to encourage you to trust that if you don't. And even if you do, I'd like you to optimize it so that everywhere you go, you emanate that sense of what you feel is, who, what you are meant to do, or you know, we've talked about purpose before, not just your purpose, but that sense of who you are and what you bring is enough and that you can just grow into that deeper and deeper. So I just want to encourage you to know, I'm grateful that you're here and please be grateful to yourself.
0: Thank you so much, Vicki. Lovely, lovely words. Um, it's been an honor to have you on our show. Um, I've learned a lot. I know my audience has probably learned a lot. And I'll be leaving the links for your website and your information in the podcast notes. And so again, I just want to say thank you. It's been an absolute honor. I feel like I've met a sister as well. I feel like we've known each other from previous things or incarnations, whatever you want to say, but yes. a, defi- a definite connection there. So thank you so much.
1: It's been a pleasure, Greg. Thank you.